Good morning, and welcome to a Vision for You Big Book meeting. Today is Monday, June 12, 2023, and this is a 7 a.m. meeting of a Vision for You. My name is Penny C., and I'm from the Boston area, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 85, third paragraph, which begins with, Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation through and ending with, yet we believe that we can make some definite and valuable suggestions, one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy S., 12 Traditions, Victoria L., and the readers of the text are Craig F. and Nancy R. The newcomer greeter will check in, I'm sure, by the time we we need uh, that position filled. The host for the second hour is Ken W.H., and announcements will be given by Janice P.M. The reference number for yesterday, June 11th, special edition, uh, 20,341. Two zero three four one. The OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a Program of Recovery, and they'll be read by Kathy S. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Penny. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. In 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Kathy S. And the 12 traditions now will be read by Victoria L. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Victoria L. from Muncie, Indiana, and these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria L. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 85, the third paragraph that begins with Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation 
and we're reading through and ending with, yet we believe that we can make some definite and valuable suggestions, that one paragraph only. And Craig F. is here to start us off. Good morning, Craig. Craig? Can't hear you. Somebody remuted me. I'm sorry. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Thank you. I'm I'm assuming you can hear me now. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. All right. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works. If we have the proper attitude and work at it, it would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Okay. Um, you know, when we, by the time we've gotten to this point in the steps, um, we've already uh, been introduced, if, if we haven't, if we hadn't before, we've already been introduced to a lot of program prayers. You know, we, we learned to pray the third step prayer. We, uh, particularly, we learned the seventh step prayer. We learned the sick man prayer. You know, uh, uh, along the way, uh, we, uh, we, we uh, learned that we, uh, uh, had a disease that uh, we uh, were powerless over and that we had to, uh, uh, if we were going to recover, we had to accept help from a higher power. And so we're coming to step 11. And, and the difference now is that we're talking about how to make this into a daily uh, discipline, into a, a, a way of life. For, and, you know, I, I've read this, and, and and tried to make sure I understand this uh, second sentence. He says we shouldn't be shy on this matter. And, you know, at first I thought he meant, well, we shouldn't be. Why would you be shy about uh, praying to God? God already hears your thoughts. But I don't think that's what he meant. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when you're doing something, if you come up short uh, in the colloquial back then, they would say, I came up shy. I. I was shy of my goal, and it's still we still say that today, I think, in most places. And I think that that's what he means here, it, it, more than than being, uh, you know, nervous about talking to God. I think I think that it also he's also saying we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be short on this matter. We shouldn't come up short uh, uh, on this matter of prayer. We need to be have a a full prayer life and. Uh, uh, because the better men than us are using it constantly. Uh, and, and you know, we've already learned that prayer works, if we think about it, uh, but uh, uh, we've already experienced prayer in, in working if we've had the proper attitude. And, and so there's no sense in being vague. We, we need to be maybe a little bold about this and say, you know, that that. Prayer is going to work in my life, uh, you know. My in, in my religion, uh, my church, we often say uh, 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 prayer changes things. Most importantly, prayer changes me, you know. Um, and and it, it works because it changes my attitude. 
it works because it changes my perception of of the situation. It, it, prayer works because it does an internal change on me. I can't sit and pray and say, God, please change this person that's irritating me. But I can pray and God will change my attitude towards that person. He'll change my um, my perception of the situation. It will ch- he can help. God will help me to uh, to see my side of things and to make the changes that I can make. You know, like the, the serenity prayer. We uh, change the things we accept the things I cannot change and change the things I can. And uh, the things I can change generally are me and my approach to life. So I shouldn't be short on this matter. I shouldn't come up short of it. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Craig Gaff signing us off. Before I take names of people who would like to share on this paragraph, let me just remind you that we ask that if you've shared in the last two days of Vision for You meetings, that means Thursday or Friday, on any of the um, meetings of a Vision for You, please hold back and uh, let us hear other voices. We appreciate everybody's opinion, but that's what we'd like to ask. Okay, so I will time everybody who wishes to share, and I'm ready to take names right now. Roger V. from Koreatown, Los Angeles. Janet B. Janet B. Lulu L. Do I have, excuse me. Dwight M. Hold on. Hold on. I think I have two Janets. Okay, who's after Janet B.? Lulu L. Rosie Lulu. W. Okay, I heard the gentleman voice. Who? Dwight Please. M. Dwight M. Okay. Rick J. Rosie W. Rick J. And who was the last person? Pamela P. Rosie you. W. Someone W. I heard. Yeah, that's Rosie W. Thank you. And Pamela P., that, that's all for this round, okay? All right, here's who I have. I have Roger, and if I don't have your initial of your last name, please give us that when we when you share. Then I have a Janet A. and a Janet B., a Lulu L., Dwight M., Rick J., somebody whose last initial is W., and then Pamela P. So we'll start with Roger. Good morning. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Roger V. from Koreatown, Los Angeles. Happy Monday, OA family. Oh, Craig, thanks for starting us off. I, I love this paragraph. You know, um, the book, and I, and I don't want to turn the light on because it's four in the morning in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> you know, the book says we shouldn't be shy in this matter of prayer. You know, and on page 53, it says, God is either everything or nothing. What was our choice to be? You know, I don't know about you guys, but I used to bargain with God. God, if you'll do this, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Today, I make God number one. I have a friend, Scott, who says in the morning, he doesn't talk to man before he talks to the man. And if I don't start my day with God, my day doesn't go so well. Uh, This last Friday, at 8 a.m., I had a, I had surgery, um, and I 
I was so nervous because, of course, we're fearful of something we don't have control over. You know, this was a major enough surgery that they put me out completely. And, of course, then they have to bring you back. And my friend texted me the night before and said, are you sure you want to take an Uber to the hospital? I'll be happy to get up at 4 a.m. and take you. And I texted her back and said, Jackie, um, you know, I'm not I'm taking a shared ride. I'm, I've got God going in the Uber with me. And that wasn't, that didn't come from me. That, that, what I said came from God. And I took God to the hospital with me. And the St. Francis prayer is, you know, it's not just a, an AA or an OA prayer. It's a real prayer for St. Francis of Assisi. But over the years, I've said it so much, it became rote. So now I just say the part towards the end where it says it's better to love than to it's better to love than to be loved. It's better to give than to receive. I mean, it says three things right there. And the truth is, if I'm thinking of you more than me, and I'm putting God first in everything, you know, um, then my life and my day and my abstinence and my program, things go so much better. You know, the license plate um, cover around my, my car at the top, it says, does God seem far away? And underneath it says, guess who moved? You know, I love God. I love the program. I, I came through that surgery. There was a lady in the next gurney, you know, and she was almost crying. She said, I'm so scared. I said, what is your name? Let me pray for you right now. And before Linda went into her surgery, we fist pumped. I don't know what happened, but you know, to make another person feel good in the name of God. You know, we never apologize for God. I love God. I didn't have God before. I had a bargaining God. And today, you know, God is either everything or nothing. What is my choice to be? You know, at the end of the surgery, I in recovery, I told the nurse, you know, I normally drink water, but some some apple juice with ice sounds so good. And the guy next to me, they sent him home with those little stupid like 7-Eleven sandwiches with one piece of bologna and mayonnaise and bread and all this crap, crackers and cookies. She said, would you like some of that? I said, no. But for the grace of God, go I. All I went home with is four things of apple juice. Thank you guys for letting me, me share. And thank you for paying a 12-step call on me. I'm Roger. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm out. Thank you, God. Thank you, OA. Thank you so much, Roger V. Uh, and next we have Janet A. I believe I heard Janet A. There's no Janet A. Charles A. said his name like two times, but it was a Janet B, not a Janet A. Okay, thanks, Charles. Okay, Janet B. Good morning, everyone. This is Janet B. Recovered Compulsive Eater in New Jersey. So there it says prayer about prayer. It works. Well, that was not my experience for a very long time. I prayed and prayed um, before I got into OA. And then even once I got into OA, my first six or seven years, I was praying and praying and praying, God, please help me stop eating. God, please help me stop eating. You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, why? Because I was treating God like a genie in the bottle. God, come out, remove my food obsession, and then just go back in your bottle and leave me alone. Or like Santa Claus, 
here's my list of everything I want, or like a servant, God, do this for me. And it never worked. And for me, the best instruction is in the story, Our Southern Friend, which was about um, the guy, our minister's son, and we agnostics. And he went to someone when he was in the insane asylum and asked, how does prayer fit into this thing? And the guy said, well, you've probably tried praying like me. When you've been in a jam, you said, God, please do this or that. And if it turned out your way, that was the last of it. And if it didn't, you said, there isn't any God, or he doesn't do anything for me. Is that right? And the guy said, yes. This is page 215. And then he was told, that isn't the way. The thing I do is to say, God, here I am, and here are all my troubles. I've made a mess of things, can't do anything about it. Take me in all my troubles and do anything you want with me. And the minister's son went then and prayed that prayer, and then he knew God. So what I've learned is that the proper attitude is surrender. I can't ask God to help me and go about robbing banks. I mean, not that I robbed banks before. That's an extreme example. But I can't go ask God to help me and be mean to my family or be dishonest, right? If I'm being dishonest, it's like I'm taking a big black Sharpie and writing the words, keep out God across my heart. So my attitude has to be surrender. That's the proper attitude, surrender to the will of God as best I know how. So practically, what does that look like? It means that the things that I know God wants me to do, I do, and I ask for help. Um, the latest in my life is my son who's in college wants to get a dog. Horrible idea for like a ton of different reasons. And I, you know, the way I surrender it is I picture God on the throne. I picture all these rocks at his feet and me taking a gold paintbrush and writing the words, Daniel wants a dog and putting it at the feet of the throne at God's feet. And now it's no longer my problem. It's God's problem. My job is to go about my day and be helpful and love people. Prayer works because prayer is the currency in the spiritual world. I can't hand God a $50 bill and say, help me. But I can hand him my faith and my prayer and my surrender. And when I do that, my life works because of his help and his grace. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Janet B. And next, Lulu L., it's your turn. Good morning, family. Good morning, my brothers and sisters of OA. Can you guys hear me? We can. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Penny, for your service. I am Lulu L. in Florida, and I am gratefully and joyously a recovered compulsive overeater. I love this paragraph. But then I can say that I love every single solitary line in this book. <laughs> I do. Um, I was particularly moved by the sentence, it works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. And here we have that word if again. If. It's like a disclaimer, right? If. We are, we are told this over and over and over again in this book. It works if we work it. It works if. We have a choice. We have a choice to do, you know, to do it with the proper attitude. And for me, the proper attitude is willingness. And as was previously shared, surrender. Yes, God is either everything or God is nothing. 
And it's if we use it constantly. For me, that means praying without ceasing. I talk to God throughout my entire day, whether I'm in the shower, whether I'm walking the dogs, whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm doing my work in this world. I talk to God because I can't do this on my own, not successfully, or at least whatever success means, not peacefully. My greatest desire is to be at peace so I can spread that peace out to many people. A very dear friend of mine who was 98 years old passed on Friday, and she was so ready to pass. I saw her on Thursday. I didn't know if she would make it through the rest of the day, which she just barely did. But my job there was to hold her in love and in peace. And I just wrapped my arms around her and I gave her what love and peace came through me from God into her hands, into her body. And so we, it's, it says here it would be easy for us to be vague about this. And vague means unfocused or in an imprecise way. But I feel like if I pray constantly without ceasing to the best of my ability, as it has been said, I will never rise in this life. I will never rise above the level of being a human. So I do slip up. I don't. While I'm saying these words to you, I prayed before I hit star one, and I'm praying as I speak to you that the words that I say and the meditations of my heart are acceptable to he who created me, to he who has saved me from this incredibly difficult disease, which took me forever to get that it was a disease. So I am grateful today. I am grateful, grateful, grateful for, thank you, for OA and for A Vision for You. And I hope each of you have a beautiful day, unless you choose something otherwise. I pass. Thank you, Lulu L. And now, Dwight M. Hi, good morning. Dwight M., recovered compulsive overeater from Springfield, Ohio. Uh, Thank you all for being on the line and helping keep me abstinent. I hope uh, some of what I say might help keep you abstinent, too. We recover together. We don't recover alone. Uh, It says, step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. I think this is just like the suggestion of the 12 steps. It's like a parachute. We suggest you use a parachute if you jump out of the airplane. Um, I suggest prayer of meditation. Yeah, that's a suggestion, but it's it's a vital suggestion. It's going to save our lives. If we give over our lives and our wills to the care of God as we understand God, then we're going to be praying. Uh, Praying is, I heard another person say, pray without ceasing. That's how another OA, not OA-approved book talks about it, um, but says pray without ceasing. And what happens without ceasing already to us is breathing. And I think our prayer is supposed to be as natural as breathing. It just comes out of us and we don't even think about it. I think after a while, after we form the habit, that it becomes a working part of the mind, as they say. What used to be an intuitive thought now becomes a working part of the mind. I believe prayer then kind of comes naturally to us eventually after we practice it for a little while. I believe that... uh, you know, that this is one of the gifts that we have of this program. And if we have the proper attitude and work at it, 
Our attitude is to be one of submission, as I already heard someone else say, surrender. When we surrender ourselves over to our higher power, then we're opening a door in our hearts and in our minds in order to let that spirit flow through us and in order to help us to be able to help others recover and in order to recover ourselves. So and I think it's like that great theologian, Stanley Kurt Burrell, uh, said, uh, we need to pray just to make it today. And Stanley Kurt Burrell, by the way, is MC Hammer. I'll pass. Thank you, Dwight M. And uh, Rick J., your turn. Rick? Good morning, Penny. Uh, thank you for your service. My name's Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. I love this step. The reason I love it so much is it's all about connection with this power that I've come to believe in. And, um, you know, once I did come to believe in this power and I made a decision to turn my life and my will over to it, and then I went through the steps that um, removed all the things that were blocking me from this power, well, now I get to connect to this power and develop a relationship with this power. And the wording of step 11 itself, you know, we seek through prayer and meditation that they suggest but it's, it's to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. And very beautiful words for me. Conscious contact is connection. Now we're going to be connecting with this power, and we're going to strengthen that connection with God as I understand him. Now, for me, that God as I understand him, and I like to keep it in the present tense because it's a, a continual thing for me. But there's some very important aspects of this power that, you know, if, it, if I have a God of my understanding, and that's all this is, whatever we say, it's still, this is what works for me. But I, I wrote down some things <clears throat> that I needed this God of my understanding to be. And this is the power, this is the God that I understand and I can connect to, and I do it constantly. Never leaves me and is always with me. Is an unlimited source of power, love, and inspiration. Provides me with everything and everyone I need at all times. Is infinitely more powerful than anything or anyone I am trying to substitute him for. And never says no. This power, this God of my understanding says yes. Not now or I've got something better. This is the power. This is the God that's personal to me. You know, it uses the word constantly. You know, and, and back, uh, you know, right on the, uh, you know, the previous page, you know, it's talking about where, um, you know, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. You know, and then jumping ahead just a little bit, you know, we're going to be, um, pausing throughout the day to connect. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, I will be done. That's a little mini step three right there under the umbrella of step 11. Just like the pausing and the nightly review that we're going to be learning about is, you know, includes, you know, continuing to release all the things that we have that come up that will block us, which we need to do. But I constantly connect to this power. 
my first thought is not in never food. My first thought is always this God that's personal to me. That's the personal transformation that I've been experiencing these last few years. It took me 20 years to figure out. This isn't just about things that we pray and say. It's, it's how we live. This is how I live my life today. Constantly. Do I do it perfectly? No. I'll never do anything perfectly. I've proved so much recently, and to have that constant connection with this God of my understanding is the greatest gift I'll ever have. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Rick J. And now I need some help. Someone whose last initial was W, but I didn't get the first name. Hi, it's Rosie W. Reggie? <laughs> Rosie. Rosie. Okay, go ahead, Rosie. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Rosie W here, um, compulsive reader in the UK. Um, I was smiling over this paragraph a few days ago because um, it really speaks to me and the state of um, terminal vagueness that I lived in. Um, even within recovery um, for many years, um, before I uh, put the big book at the centre of, of my recovery, um, everything was vague. I wasn't in OA um, to diet with group support. I was, I, was, I was here, you know, on a very serious life or death mission. I took it very seriously. But without the clear instructions of the big book, um, my recovery was vague. The steps were vague. How I was then to teach them to sponsees were vague. And and I would find myself, you know, in those years past, basically making stuff up with sponsees because I hadn't really been passed down something that I could teach. No matter how, um, you know, how well-meaning my sponsors were, that's no criticism of them. Um, and my food was vague. You know, I would be on the phone to a sponsor in tears sometimes saying, oh, God, you know, I don't know if I was abstinent. Like, that felt really bad. You know, what happened? I don't know. It felt a bit grey area and... There's none of that now. Um, I'm either abstinent or I'm not. It's very clear. I'm a compulsive overeater, so I will still <laughs> occasionally uh, spot loopholes. Um, and when I spot them, I call my sponsor and, and you know, and, and close them down. But the food's not vague and the steps aren't vague. And the instructions um, that keep me alive each day are not vague. Um, I'm somebody who wakes up in the morning um, in uh, just... In insane fear and vagueness and the last thing that I want to do in fact you know the last thing that I'm even capable of is praying coherently and I spent years trying to pray in the morning and not getting anywhere and every few days just changing to something else because I couldn't couldn't make anything stick couldn't make anything work and yet here they're saying yep it's easy to be vague so we believe we can make some definite as in clear and valuable uh, suggestions and then they lay out exactly what I need to do of a morning and of an evening and throughout the day. I don't need to sit there and make up prayers and uh, and chant, although, you know, I know for a lot of my friends in recovery that that approach to meditate, prayer and meditation really works. Um, for me, I just do exactly what it says here. I've written it out. I've paraphrased it slightly so that it speaks to me. But I do exactly what it says on these pages, morning and evening. And it's really simple. Um the, the transition from vagueness to clarity has saved my life, not just with food, but with my in my financial fellowship, in my recovery from workaholism, 
in my recovery from um, crazy relationship based behaviors. I'm, you know, the older I get, the more clarity and structure there is in my life. And funnily enough, the more clarity and structure there is, the more space there is for God. And I never believed that was the case. I always thought that, you know, I needed to keep things, you know, loose and breezy to let God in. But actually, uh, having structure and boundaries and clarity and clear instructions are what are making me well today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. That was Rosie W. from the UK. Before I call on the next um, person, just let me remind everyone that we are on page 85 in the big book, the third paragraph, which starts with step 11, suggests prayer and meditation. And we're reading through and ending with, yet we believe that we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. And so next we have Pamela P. Good morning, Pamela. Yes, hi. Pamela P. Um, I just moved to New York now from Pennsylvania. Um, so what I got from the paragraph, your prayer is the answer. Um, where my higher power is Jesus and um, the program. And God worked, to me, that my opinion, God worked through the program. Um, so right now, um, my I think God, my food a little crazy right now because I in a domestic violence shelter. Um, my my partner, my ex partner, never lay a hand on me. It was more a mental, a verbal mental type abuse, but with him and his parents. So um, I I am thanking God for the miracles so far because you know being homeless is scary. I really don't want to bother my family. So I know prayer is very important. Um, so my food a little crazy uh, because of prayer and the generosity gift of God. I was able to get a new phone. So that my new phone, I'm not used to being on a smartphone. Um, but anyway, I had my own room in this place instead of being around a lot of other people with a blessing. I do have roommates. Um, so I'm just trying to pray that I get back my recovery. It's a little shaky now because I'm eating stuff I'm not used to because um, the money situation and different things. So I am going to speak to a house specialist uh, hopefully today or this week. And then once I get some funds or stuff, then I could get back to my safe food. And recovery could happen anywhere. Everywhere has to be perfect. So, but um, so I did thank God for the miracle of getting to New York, and I'm a long way from where I want to be at. But you know, I own the road, and I had to leave. You know, um, you know, it was either affecting my program being there. And so, you know, with God, all things are possible. So don't give up with yourself because God will never will. And for that, I pass. Thank you, Pamela P. So I'm ready to take more names um, of people who would like to share. And please just give me your, your name and save your location for later if you wish. All right, who else? Dorita P. Pardon? Dorita P. Loretta? 
Dorita. Dorita, okay. We have Dorita P. Anyone else? I said Jennifer Charles Hayes like 17 times. Right. Christina J. Wait a minute. I heard Charles. Charles H. Charles, I heard you. Just a minute. Charles H. Christina and J. Christina J. Jennifer C. Christina. All right, I'm going to stop there because I have to see how much time we have left. And was it Jennifer C.? Yes. Okay. So let's do that, and then we'll see how much time we have left. I have Dorita P., um, Charles H., Christina J., and Jennifer. Forgot your last initial already, but you'll tell me. All right. Uh, Dorita P., your turn. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Hi, my name is Dorita Pippen, and I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at Amini Love Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm really, really grateful uh, I have a seat here. And, you know, we have some definite suggestions, and that's that's great, but I really like what the guy said. I'm sorry, I forget his name. I think his name is Dwight from Ohio. Uh, you know, talk, talked about a parachute. A parachute is suggested, but, you know, you want to wear a parachute if you jump out of a plane. Uh, you want to pray. Um, and for me, uh, praying and my higher power came really, I mean, I had a little bit of it before I stopped eating, but it really came when I stopped eating because it was like, wow. See, I know me. I know me, and I knew that I could not stop eating. So it had to be a power greater than me. Um, and, you know, um, Everybody here is not real compulsive overeaters. In fact, I think the majority of us are just hard eaters. You know, this book talks about uh, moderate moderate drinkers, hard drinkers, and real alcoholics. Um, like I said, a lot of us are not uh, real alcohol, real compulsive overeaters. So they give suggestions that would work for uh, would work for a hard eater and. Um, one suggestion, um, and I'll just close with this one. One suggestion is, you know, stop eating like before I help you. Now, if my sponsor had told me to stop eating before she helped me, then I would have still been eating because when I came here, I could not stop eating. Um, I stopped eating as I was working the steps, not before I started working the steps. And, um, well, I guess I got one more thing if I have time. In Lifeline, Lifeline November of 2012, for newcomers, Lifeline is our magazine, our OA magazine. And uh, November of 2012, the first three articles, the first article is just is entitled Just Food. The second one is called Early Warning. And the third one is called Feeling Hope. And the one about just food, um, Food is not my best friend, my confidant, my or my lover. Food does not uh, fix broken promises, broken hearts. And it goes on and on and on about what food is not and just food. But now here, and this is where I'm at now. I'm at, well, I was in relapse. Uh, like I said the last time, every time I do something toward my recovery, I say I was in relapse, you know. <laughs> so I was in relapse. And um, lastly, this 
third article entitled Feeling Hope. It says here, um, well, this is really not my case, this first part, but it says sometimes I get, well, I used to, sometimes I get depressed and want to turn to food. You know, this person is having problems. They lost a lot of stuff and a lot of people. And it says sometimes I get depressed and want to turn to food. It seems like such an easy answer, and food tastes so good. <laughs> it makes me, okay, it makes me feel better. And that's the end of the first paragraph. And, you know, I know food is not anything but food, but this is where I'm at right now. But just for right now, I was in relapse, and I'm recovering as I'm on this phone. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Davida P. And next, Charles H. Hi, Charles. Hi, Penny. Thank you for your service. I'm Charles H. You said it already. I ain't going to waste no time. So I think in particular all the steps are for OA know-it-alls. Nobody can't, I can't stand an OA know-it-all like myself. But, you know, so 3, 7, and 11 is, is, is so closely connected. You know, um, so made a, made a decision to humbly improve my conscious contact with God. You know, I used to be like, I used to not, you know, believe that I need to humbly improve my conscious contact. I, I used to believe that I didn't have to make a decision to humbly improve my conscious contact. But, you know, those who are not humble will be humiliated. You know, OA know-it-alls. I know it ahead of time. You know, you got to do all these, you know, you have to do a certain amount of 10 steps. No, you pause when you agitated. Like this morning, I was agitated. I said my name a few times, and I felt some type of way. Matter of fact, no, I was resentful that people, but you know what? I, I, I wish vision for you continues the same way with the same enthusiasm. Anyway, let me see the basic paragraph. So it suggests prayer and meditation. It, you know, the 11 steps suggest that I should improve my conscious contact. And let me drill down on better men than we are using it constantly. Constantly reminds me of the 10 step, continually, almost the same thing. You know, the better men can be the members in this group. The better men can be the members in Overeaters Anonymous. The better men can be the people that pause when they're agitated and they intertwine this step with the 11th step, right? So 3, 7, 11, and 10 is actually intertwined together. The better men, the people that are pausing throughout the day as much as they need to. This is a suggestion, a valuable suggestion. They said they're going to make some, we believe, we, who? The people that are using it. Those are the better men. It don't got to be just religious people. It's spiritual people as well. I think that's the difference. The difference between spirituality and religion is people. Some people ain't using the simple religious idea. Some people are biased against the simple religious idea. Some people are biased against other people. Some people are running narratives and fighting on the line. We need to come together. You know, if the better men are coming together by not throwing subs at each other. We see it. We hear it. Everybody knows. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And your turn now, Christina J. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. You know, this is just so beautiful that 
I have managed to get to my prayer and meditation chair every morning ever since I started doing step 11, regardless of how I felt. And I don't feel all that great most mornings when I tumble out of bed. I don't want to get up or my brain hurts or there's a lot of emotional trauma in my life right now. And so I'm trying to navigate that new territory. And, um, you know, I'm pretty spun out inside. Um, I have phone calls coming in regarding this situation and they you know, step tens and talking to my sponsor and talking to fellows. And I went to my chair yesterday morning and started a Dear God letter. One of the many tools I use in my prayer and meditation, it doesn't have to be this, that, or the other. It's what I'm sort of guided to do every day, what I need to do. Sometimes I'm so desperate, I get out that pen and paper. And I started and it was half ass. It was just like I couldn't even hardly write so tight, so spun inside. And a, and I heard myself say, and I don't know where it came from, why don't you look on your phone for other spiritual teachings, other spiritual Zoom meetings. You know, maybe you'll find something that can be in, you know, in conjunction with your OA program. And I got on there and was scrolling. And my thought was, no, don't pick up the phone. You know, it's not good to pick up the phone before your brain meditate. It's going to screw up your whole thing here. You know, you're not going to get close to God. And by God, This was God because it led me to a group, another addiction group that is going to save my ass during this program, during this, sorry, during this time in my life. I went to two meetings yesterday and I was shocked at how I related in, how the pain came up, how I was able to learn how to, just the beginnings of how to process. So what I'm getting to is that sometimes we got to be open to whatever comes through. And the little message came through, look on your phone for another spiritual type of meeting that could Zoom, a group that could help you navigate this new territory you're in. So I got to be open. I got to be ready to hear where God's guiding me and just to explore. I thought, well, I'll explore for a second and then I'll put the phone down. You know, I won't start scrolling and all that shit. That, sorry, my language. I've learned not to do that anymore. So I want to just say, you know, it doesn't, you're not always going to be 100% perfect meditating, praying, connecting, you know, 30% of the time, like the speaker on Sunday said, uh, I'm not, 50% I am, you know, whatever, the percentages, I, I can't even measure them all. Some days I'm with it, some days I'm not. The main thing is to do it, just to do it. And I've said this before, and I'll finish up. My second husband used to tell me, I know that you don't like getting up and doing these prayers around the circle. He was American Indian. And it just feels like a rote routine. Just do it, and it will change your life. And that's what this is about. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you. That was Christina J. And next, Jennifer. And I don't have your last, uh, the initial of your last name. Hi. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning. This is Jennifer C. Um, from Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, everybody for your shares this morning. So beautiful and so thankful to be a part of this meeting. Um, You know, I am uh, taking a look at this paragraph and, you know, it talks about having the proper attitude, right? Like the proper attitude towards prayer. And I think about Bill's story and I think about, you know, when when he really takes that third step and he humbly offers himself to God 
He places himself unreservedly under God's care and direction, and he admits for the first time that of himself he is nothing, and that without God he's completely lost. You know, if I still think I got this, that's not the proper attitude towards prayer, right? If I... If I still think I got this, all I have to do is look at the fact that I can't eat today without direction. I can't, I can't approach my breakfast without direction. I don't got anything. I need God for all of it. And that's what Bill had to get to. That was the proper attitude. It was humility. It was, I don't got this. Without God, I was lost. That's what he says. That was his third step. Without him, I was lost. And prior to that, just a couple paragraphs prior, right? He says, I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. He believed in a God, but a God that was personal to him, a God that was love superhuman strength and direction, that was the God he couldn't accept. That that was the God that irritated him because he had all these reasons that that wasn't true, right? He he looked at his life. He looked at reasons. Well, this this can't be love. This, This can't be love, right? That was the prejudice that he brought to the table. And that all had to be set aside. And all he had to do was look at the position that he was in. And he could see that he had nothing left to bring. And so here we are, right? Like, that's the proper attitude. I need love. I need strength. And I need direction. And that's part of the 11th, right? Like, I need to know which, like, what my next step is. I don't just need direction in in a big, broad sense. I need to know, like, step by step. God, what would you have me do next? That is a position. That's an attitude of total reliance, total dependency, right? Like holding the father's hand and saying, okay, daddy, where are we going next? And so I just, I just consider that proper attitude today. And I want to stay in a place of humility. And I recognize that we're all in different places with this God concept. And the truth is, wherever you are today, just ask yourself, do you need love? Do you need strength? And do you need direction? And if your answer is yes, you have what you need. And with that, I pass. Thank you. That was Jennifer C. And we have less than a minute left, so I'm going to close and thank everyone who shared, um, all the people who gave service today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this, the closing. The share ID for today, June 12, 2023, is 20,342-20342. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I'm going to ask Nancy R. to read that selection. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Nancy R. Hi, this is Nancy R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Illinois. I 
I am getting to page 164. I apologize. I forgot I was doing this part of the reading. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.